Yep, here comes that sound again. Ain't no stopping us now. On a Sunday morning means that it's time for the A-game once again. So I want to just shout out to all my listeners out there that have woke up early, that have already just spent the last half hour or so with my sister, who gives us all the power that we need to start our day with her prayer warrior style. God bless her. Now, we're going to take you into the place where we take a look at how to play our A game, to keep our priorities straight, to make sure that we have goals that line up with our purpose, to have the right attitude that's necessary to accomplish our goals, to keep the right mentality as we move along through the trials of life that could get in the way of all of that. But even worse, that E is for those excuses. You know the ones I'm talking about. I'm talking about those excuses that you've been accepting as if they're true that have stopped you from accomplishing the great things that God has in store for you. And we talk about those things right here, right now on the A-Gang. So in welcoming you here, one of the things that uh, happened to me this week I want to share with you is that um, I was talking to uh, a, a couple of my friends, you know, from from the church and they was like, yeah, man, you know, your podcast is hitting it. You know, we love that. You know, they come to Sunday school with me. They, I, I, they hear my sermons. They preach. So they're like, yeah, that's all good. But there's something that you didn't do. And I'm, we're wondering when you're going to do it. And I was like, when I'm going to do what? He says, well, you always teach us OIA. And that has helped us so much to learn how to open up our Bibles and actually get 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 good, good, solid food out of it. But we've never seen you do it on your podcast. I was like, oh, is that a challenge? And they were like, yeah, you know it is. And so I'm going to start a series today on OIA. OIA is Observation, Interpretation, and Application. It's part of a methodology for study called the Inductive Bible Study Method. And I know that sounds like a whole lot, but all I did to remember it was go OIOIA OIOIA observation interpretation and application and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how that works and how you can implement it into your study style so that you can uh, begin to uh, dig even deeper into the word of God, not so that you get so profound in the word of God, but you actually get a better understanding of the God of the word. How's that sound? All right. So let's talk about this. You know, when we open up our Bibles and we read the words that are in there, a lot of times what we do is that we go too fast. We, we go way too fast. We, we read and just keep on reading. That's like shoving food down your throat without chewing. And so the inductive Bible study method, the key to its success, I believe, is that it slows you down enough for you to taste, let me say, savor the flavor, neighbor, of what you're eating. And therefore, chewing it up into smaller pieces so that when it gets into the body, just like you do for your natural body, you chew the food, the smaller the pieces are, the easier for digestion. The easier for digestion, the easier it is for your body to take it and distribute it into the areas that need strength, etc., etc. It's the same way with the Word of God. When we're feeding our spirit, man, we're making him vomit, shoving chunks of food down his throat and not even stopping to digest it and then wondering why why you're not overcoming your battles, wondering why you're, you you don't have a word ready for when that temptation comes because you've messed up your, your, your intestine, your digestive system. So 
the first thing about the uh, inductive Bible study, and I've taught this a number of times over the past two decades, and I must say it saddens me, but this is just the truth. Most people won't do it, especially if you're younger, and I'm not poking at the younger generation because the world is actually yours right now but you guys have a kind of a get it quick get it quick get it quick mentality that's part of the society that you live in right now it's not something you're attempting to do out of laziness or anything like that things you can just get them faster like you don't got to go shopping now you just pick up your phone tap on an app put in what you want and somebody else goes shopping for you and brings it to your door right you want the easy way well i'm telling you with god's word god is a crock pot He's not a microwave. This word needs to sit in and stew old school style in order for it to sink in and for you to get the greatest benefit out of it. So I'm going to tell you once again that there are three tools or three um, three different stages that you go through in the study of the Bible using the inductive Bible study method by K. Author. You can look that up, Google it, and there's a lot of good stuff on the thing about it. Very, 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 a lot of good stuff about it. And um, you can uh, Google it and you'll find um, plenty. Um, but I'm going to give you like the meat and potatoes and you can continue from there to uh, seek your own uh, support for what I'm sharing with you now. So here it is. Observation is what we begin with. And the reason why we use observation as the first thing is because uh, just make believe like you're a detective and you walk into a crime scene. If you just look at everything laying there and just come up with, oh, this is what happened, you could be sending the wrong people to jail because you really need to take time and look at the evidence and let the evidence tell you what happened, not jump to conclusion. Well, a lot of times, and this is sad to say, but it's also true, a lot of us read a scripture, jump to the conclusion of what it means based on our worldview, our um, our um, our training or teachings along the way, and many other things. When the truth of the matter is, without proper investigation, you may be wrong. And here's the thing about being wrong. And please, if you're a teacher, preacher, sharing this word that is supposed to build people up and encourage them, etc., and you're doing this, please stop immediately. Stop teaching what you don't know and you're not sure of that was regurgitated from somebody else and you just believe that it's true and you have not investigated the word for yourself. There are so many scriptures and if you listen carefully and once you understand OIA, you will find that there are so many scriptures that people have taken out of context and then wonder why the effect of the word doesn't happen in their lives. And so the truth of the matter is taking time to observe in observation will give you proper interpretation so that you will not have misinterpretation. Because when people are misinformed and they follow the information you gave them, then guess what? You're held responsible for that by heaven itself, according to the scriptures that says that many of you should want or desire to be a teacher for they are held at a higher accountability because if people do what you tell them to do and you've led them astray, the scripture says you should have better tied a millstone around your neck and jumped into the ocean and killed yourself.
That's how serious messing with this word the wrong way and leading people astray is. So with observation, it takes time. And that's why I said a good amount of people in a hurry won't do it. It takes too long. But what you get out of it when you take time is invaluable to your life and to the life of those that you will make an impression on with with the way you live because the word has changed you. Listen to this. Observation has five tools. And I'm going to go a little bit slower myself so that you can write this down. Or you can just get on Spotify and follow up on my A-game um, channel there. And uh, you can get the recording of this. This uh, Everything on there is a recording from this show, EAJ1023radio.com. www.eaj1023radio.com live on Sunday mornings, but then the recording is on Spotify whenever you need it. Cool? Cool. All right. Now that I got that plug in here, let's talk about these tools for observation. They are called the five W's and the H. WWWWH. Who, what, when, why, and the H is how. Let me say that again. Who, what, when, where, why, and the H is how. And with these tools, you interrogate the text. And this is what takes the time. So for instance, I'm going to tell you that there's three basic essential inductive Bible study questions that can get you started. It's what does this passage say? What does this passage mean it to, in two ways? Not what does the passage mean that you want it to mean, what did the passage mean to the one who wrote the passage? What was his purpose for writing it? And what did he want the impact or the impression on those who heard it to be? That takes a little bit of study. Like I told you, it takes some time, right? And what does the passage mean today? Because that's extremely important. There's a bridge between then and now. And even though the world has changed, there's a deep principle inside of the word of God that transcends time. Yes, the Bible is an ancient book, but its truths are still prevalent today because they are based on principles, just like gravity is the same. It doesn't change, right? Okay, so when we look at these passages, and then the most important, remember, observation, interpretation, application. So observation says, what does it mean? Interpretation says, what does it mean to me today now? And then application says, now that I know this, what am I going to do? Is this word challenging me to change something about myself? Is it challenging me to um, embrace God or embrace a truth differently? What is this word that I just finished getting all this understanding from the observation, interrogating it, challenging me to do and what action must I take? James said, do not just be a hearer of the word, but a doer also. Because if you only hear the word and do not do it, then you are deceiving yourself. What is the deception? That you have it going on because you know something. But remember, knowledge just puffeth up. You just know a lot. But what's the use of knowing and don't apply it? If you're a mechanic and you know how to fix a car and your car break down and all you do is say, yeah, I know how to fix that. And don't put your hands to the tools and get in there and do your work. Guess what? So what you know? And, and Christian, listen, so what you know? 
We go around pointing our fingers at people who don't know and try to make them respect God because of what we know and what we know is not what saves them. It's who we know that saves them. Nothing else. It's who we know. It's not the what we know. It's the who we know that's, that, that gets people. It's because we know God and God's word gets us to know ourselves. Oh man, I'm talking to somebody out there and and you're going to drop down on your knees right now. You don't got to physically get on your knees, but your heart needs to bend toward the Lord right at this minute and apologize to God for what you did with what he gave you and, and the bad impression that you have left on people about us because we have taken um, what he has given us as something that we're supposed to make people do, that we're supposed to make people understand Jesus never said to do that. The only thing we're to make is a disciple. And let me give you a clue, all right? A hint that in order to make a disciple, you need to make a friend. Write that down. Let me give you a minute. In order to make a disciple, you first must make a friend. Because discipleship is not throwing a bunch of scriptures at someone. Discipleship is walking out your life in Christ with somebody else hand in hand. For whatever time it takes, for that person to mature enough to go and make a disciple themselves. Yeah, you don't got to make a lot of disciples. I challenged in my church last week, there's about 25, 30 of us that have been together for a while. And I said, well, what if each one of us just made a commitment to make one disciple a year, this year? That means next year, this time, we will double. <laughs> and what if we continued that? It means the year after that, we would double again. And it's not like we want a whole bunch of numbers. But we do want to build the kingdom, don't we? And the kingdom is built with souls, not with bricks and with mortar. Okay, so I, this see, this is what getting into OIA does. It gets you deep into one, one topic by just asking the questions. Who, what, when, where, why, and how? What does the passage say? What does this passage mean? What is God telling me? How am I encouraged and strengthened? Is there sin in my life? for which confession and repentance is needed based on what I just finished studying? How can I be changed so I can learn and grow? What is in the way of these precepts affecting me? Why don't I want to accept that this is to me? Huh? You ever heard one of those sermons you're like, and you, a person comes in your mind who this is for? Well, pull out a mirror out your back pocket and look because that's the first person's it, it's for when god gives me a word i'd be like oh my goodness because if i haven't gone through it i know he's gonna put me through it so that when i preach it's real <laughs> i've had to make attitude adjustments i've had to forgive people i've had to do all kinds of things based on the way he prepares me so what is in the way of my listening to god how does this apply to me what will i do about it what can I model and teach by the way I live, not by what I say? And what does God want me to share with someone when that time comes, right? So the, these are the basics of how to study God's word. In, in, it's, it's called the science of exegesis, exegesis, or exegetical, or exegetical method. <laughs> but there's no need for big words here. We don't, we don't need all that. The, these are the basic procedures a pastor or an experienced teacher in the word learns in Bible school and seminary so he can prepare sermons and commentaries. But here it is boiled down into a clear and simpler way for basic people like you and I to understand and apply so that we can teach it to others. You will be able to get 
more nuggets of precious precepts than others who may be in a hurry, who do not know how to go about it, or who have developed bad habits, causing them to miss some very important stuff. Remember this in Bi this um, Bible study method is a tool. It's not for professional Christians only. They are tools for all disciples of the Lord to use. Remember, there's no best way. It's important only that we do it. This study is about placing the burr under the saddle to get the horse moving by plugging the computer so you can use it. Remember, the first thing to start with is prayer and humility before the Father. And ask the great teacher, not me, ask the great teacher, the Holy Spirit, to come alongside you and guide you on this journey into God's word. What do you think about that? Huh? This is going to be all right. So listen, here's a couple of things that I want to talk to you about as we go into this observation. I'm going to take a scripture and I'm going to uh, do a little observation, interpretation and application on it. And I'm going to use something that we all know um, or think we know. And I hope that by the time I'm finished, you realize what you thought you knew. You could have knew more and you've probably said this a hundred times, if not a thousand, all right? It's the 23rd Psalm. And I'm not going to do the whole Psalm because that'll blow your mind. I, I, I want you to stay with me. Um, so I, I'm just going to do Psalm 23 and listen to me as I recite it to you. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me down the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadows of death, I shall fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies and anointest my head with oil and my cup runneth over. Surely his goodness and his mercy has followed me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let's go back to the top. The Lord is my shepherd. Let's stop right there. I just want to talk about that. The Lord is my shepherd. All right. So here's a question out of the OIA toolbox. Who is saying this? That's a question. And I would write that question down. I wouldn't get the answer because the answer is going to require some research, even though we know that the writer is David, right? Now, who is David? See, we're about to get deep, I'm telling you. This is just one question on this part. The Lord is my shepherd. Who's writing this? David. Who is David? Well, David was a shepherd boy who became the second king of Israel, right? He was known for being a man's after God's own heart, etc., etc., etc. But do you notice that even though we've, we're talking about a psalm, we have now started to do a study on a person. You see how deep we can get because now as we study the writer of this psalm and get to know his background, then the psalm can take on a different volume because knowing that David was a shepherd boy, when David says, the Lord is my shepherd, the question that I have then is who is the Lord to David? You're wrong if you say the Lord is Jesus Christ because David was way before. As a matter of fact, Christ was going to come out of David's lineage. So the Lord that we know that David is talking about when he says the Lord is my shepherd, he's talking about God the Father. Yes, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he is saying God is my shepherd. God is my shepherd. The, the my in it says that why is he saying that great God, 
God of the creator of the universe is personally his, my shepherd. Well, that's because he's telling us that God wants us to have a personal relationship with it, but this is how he wants that relationship to be. Because taken for granted that if David is saying that God, the creator of the universe, is his shepherd, then that means shepherds take care of that's right, sheep. So David is saying in relationship to God, if he is my shepherd, then I am his sheep. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> and I'm saying we are only doing just the first part of the first sentence of the psalm. But look how deep we can get into it by asking specific questions and seeking to get the answer. The Lord is my shepherd. And because he is my shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. That means I am his sheep. Now, what are some of the characteristics of sheep? See, that's a question that I'm asking. Well, if I'm his sheep, then, then in response to him, how should I be? Because let me tell you, I did study sheep in order for me to be telling you this. Sheep are stupid. Sheep are some dumb animals. Not only are they dumb, they're, 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 they don't have like claws and sharp teeth. They can bite you and take a little. Little, little, but they don't have sharp fangs or nothing like that. They're defenseless against wolves and bears, and that's why they need shepherds. And so if I'm a sheep in comparison to the great shepherd who is God, then that means I need God. I need him for protection. I need him for provision. You understand? You see how the relationship starts to open up once we see the context in which he is saying, um, using the, um, what word do I want to use? He is, he is using this metaphor. Yeah, this metaphorical where I am a sheep. I'm a man. But no, he's saying in relationship to God, I want to see myself as a sheep. And the reason why I can see myself as a sheep is because I'm a shepherd. I take care of sheep. And I know the power of, of and the responsibility of keeping my sheep safe from the time I wake them up in the morning until I take them in at night. Amen. All right. So listen to this. The Lord is my shepherd. And here's what, what, listen, the Lord is my shepherd. He's very um, solid about that. He's not declaring like the Lord might be my shepherd, the might, I hope he's my shepherd. No, the Lord is my shepherd. That's my, that's my shepherd. He's, Jesus says that um, I, I, my, my sheep know my voice and, and they follow me, right? And so he's saying, yeah, that's the voice I follow, the voice of God. Amen. So listen to this as I, as I come into just right wrapping up only the observation part, interpretation and application, which I've done kind of together for you, just to show you the depth of what you can get out of just one sentence by using observation, interpretation and application. But listen to this. Since my relationship with God is that I am weak, but he is strong and that he is my provider, Jehovah Jireh. The reason why I am stating this now is that the Lord is my shepherd and I cannot want. The shall not, translated into today's common English, we don't say I shall not go or I shall not come. We say I cannot go or I cannot come. And so David is saying to us, because God, the creator of the universe, takes care of me, I 
cannot want. Isn't that quite a declaration? What can I want if he owns the cattle on the thousands of hills? And on and on and on and on and go. You could tell I'm getting excited about this, right? Well, I can't help myself because when you start getting into the word and you get this tool and you start to use it to dig in and it opens up your eyes and it opens up your understanding and it sinks down into your spirit. And I see my relationship with God in which I'm an unprotected sheep, but I'm not afraid. Even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God is with me. Yes, the God of Abraham, Isaac, of Jacob, who split the Red Sea for Moses. See, y'all gonna make me start preaching now. Y'all gonna make me start preaching now. And this only a podcast. See, see what y'all done did? All right. So this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> this is what I'm going to do. No, I'm, I'm hoping that, um, and I'm not pretending to do this for the sake of this podcast. This is happening. This is happening. I, I'm so full of joy right at this moment in, in reviewing something that I've gone and done about maybe a hundred times myself. I've done this teaching on just these first few sentences of a very popular, knowable um, situation, right? God bless you. And as we come into um, the time um, where I want you to, I'm going to make, of course, this is a series. It's just begun and the best is yet to come. So number one, I want to shout out to my man, Eddie. Eddie, thank you for opening up this platform for me. What, over four years, three years ago now? Um, and uh, just been letting me uh, share what, what the Lord has put on my heart. And with all the other artists that you have on the station too, we have quite one family at the WWEAJ 1023 radio, right? And uh, those of you that are listening right now, please listen throughout the week. Um, go on WWEAJ dot 23 radio.com and look up the different artists and the different times that they're posing up posting up during the week eddie himself one man one mic all right so i'm not gonna go into a whole lot of commercialism for my brother but hey it's he's the reason that i'm here and so i want you all to know and eddie and the rest of my listeners you know what i want you to do i tell you this every week and that's what be blessed I know, you know you're blessed and I know you're blessed, but how do I want you to be blessed? You know it. I want you to be blessed intentionally. I want you to be blessed on purpose. I want you to be blessed because you can't help yourself. I want you to be blessed because God has declared you as blessed. If you're a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, do not stand in the way of the sinner and do not sit in the seat of the scornful. God says that you will be like a man planted by rivers of a tree planted by the rivers of water who in due season due season due season due season you will do what you will bring forth your fruit in due season isn't that awesome i think it's so awesome i think it's more awesome than awesome can be sold so um thank you for listening um you know just like i start there ain't no stopping us now and uh there ain't once we get going, we don't stop. Next week, part two. This might end up being like a three or four part series. So make sure that you tune in, lock in and follow it up on Spotify. If you missed anything, tell your friends. And I bless you all once. I bless you twice. I bless you three times. This is EAJ 1023radio.com. DA Game. Signing off. Woohoo, yeah, that was a good one.